This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, if you are a tri- true crime aficionado like me, then you'll recognize that music right there, right? It is from the true crime podcast that really started a revolution called Serial, of course. It originally, the first season, investigated the grisly murder of a 19-year-old, Heyman Lee. That was a story that unexpectedly prompted just this explosion in true crime podcasts to show up all over the place. And one of the most popular is one called My Favorite Murder. Hello. seems so weird, right? That that's actually a podcast that talks about murder and true crime. Uh, And actually, that is one that our next guest got very interested in because most of the hosts are women and most of the listeners are women. So why is that? Well, our guest is Dr. Kathleen Rogers, a professor at the University of the Fraser Valley School of Culture, Media and Society. And her research focuses on why it is that women are so drawn to true crime. Well, Dr. Rogers, thank you so much for joining us to talk about this this morning. Full confession right off the bat, I am one of these people that you are talking about. Oh, that's great. Thanks for inviting me. What has happened to me? Why am I such a fan? <laughs> well, um, I think, you know, before, before um, true crime podcasts were a thing, women were just a lot more likely to consume true crime in general, books and TVs and documentaries. It's just that the podcast genre has really led to this explosion of opportunities for listening. And I was interested in the same question. Why are women so fascinated by stories of serial killers and sexual assault and kidnapping? I mean, it's a little bit counterintuitive that we're interested in this. But when I've asked women what it is that fascinates them, they have some pretty consistent responses. I don't know if this will answer your question about you, but they have some pretty consistent responses. (laughs) What are those? Well, part of it is just basic human fascination. I mean, we're talking about, often talking about monsters. People like stories and true crime stories are some of the best, you know, crime and villains, and especially people like when those individuals are caught and punished. We like that a lot. But women to also talk about liking true crime because it prepares them for what they would do if they were ever in a dangerous situation. So there's this element of feeling like, okay, so these are the situations I need to avoid. These are the ways I need to think and to act, which sounds a little bit like victim blaming, but it's one of the things I heard from women was that they like talking about why women become victims in the first place and the kinds of things that they can do to stop that from happening. Okay, I can see but, this. I understand this because I feel like a lot of times when you're watching, it's more, more like a there by the grace of God go I, right? Like you're thinking, thank goodness this never happened to me and, and maybe I want right. to learn something. Right, like, oh, I've been in a situation very similar to that um, and how did she end up in that situation and I didn't. So yeah, that's one of the common reasons. But I would say the most common reason that women give when I talk to them about why they listen to true crime is that it really traps into fears 
that they have about random violent crime happening to them. So being abducted by strangers to ending up locked in a basement somewhere. And even though most women are well aware that most violence happens in the home, that true crime confirms for us that that kind of random crime could still happen to us. Like, see, this is still a real possibility. And those are our worst nightmares for us, for our children. True crime really kind of taps into that fear. And there's just been a huge explosion in these, right? Whether it's, I mean, there's entire channels yep. that are devoted to true crime. And now then podcasts yep. as well, they, they seem to grow like crazy. You got really involved in talking to the, commun- the, the online fan communities, didn't you? Yes. Well, more so, more so, I spend a fair amount of time just uh, on in the social media fan communities, paying attention to what was going on, which is how I started this in the first place. I never had any intention to work on true crime, but I just found what was happening, the conversations that were happening around women in true crime in particular were really interesting. Right. And so what did you find about how, how people process that information? Because some of it is just, it's quite violent. Um how they process it. Um, Well, I think that the social media spaces are one of the main ways that they, they process it, that they spend, people spend a fair amount of time there doing things ranging from talking about the details of cases and hoping to solve them to also talking about the podcast themselves and the hosts um, to talking about, larger conversations about, you know, why do we put ourselves in this situation? How can we prevent this from happening? Uh, What kind of things can we change that prevent women from being targets of violence? Um, So I think those social media spaces have been really important for letting people talk about those issues that they might not have had the opportunity to talk about before. Right. And they can also find other people who have the kind of same interest and fascination that they do. Yes, definitely. That's the case. A lot of um, a lot of kind of so there's a lot of conversations that happen on social media. But out of those conversations and networks, uh, people have made friends and have had groups that meet in person. And yeah, there's lots of lots of opportunities for that sort of uh, growth and friendship and support. Dr. Rogers, do you think it's also about control as well? Is there an element to women perhaps feeling like they're taking a bit more control of that narrative? The narrative that that is in podcasts, you mean, or for themselves? Like for themselves in terms of personal safety and how to stay safe. Is it by perhaps, do they feel like they're educating themselves? That is definitely something I heard from women is, yeah, that it, it prepares them for what they would do. And so one of the podcasts that I was looking at, for instance, was one of the first and the biggest was My Favorite Murder. And the show's tagline is stay sexy and don't get murder and the conversation that people have had around that is that women are conscious of this threat of violence perhaps overly conscious sometimes and but they need to be on guard and take their safety into their own hands so yeah control um and avoiding those situations that put them at risk is a big part of what's happening did this raise more questions for you like what are you going to study next Oh, definitely. Well, the thing that I wanted to, uh, that I'm in the process of, I have a, a very a great research assistant who's helping me with this, and looking at whether all of these conversations that I'm talking about are shaping the way that podcasters produce content. So one of the things um, I kind of casually observed is that some of the conversations are about 
the fact that they're not very representative, the podcasts themselves. They have traditionally been about white, middle-class women, and a lot of conversation has been had about <laughs> the fact that that's probably not very representative of who is at most at yeah. risk for violence. And so I'm looking at whether or not the podcasters are responding to that. And it's, there seems to be a shift in the representation in podcasts very early on, but that's what I'm seeing. There's such a contradiction, though, isn't it? Because women have a fear of violence, and that yet we're drawn to listening to these podcasts and watching these shows that are about that. Yes, it, it, does, it does seem counterintuitive. Um, but as we've already said, it's really about knowing the and avoiding that situation so that you can control it and uh, make sure that you, you and, and a lot of women talk about their daughters too, how they watch this so that they can talk to their daughters about avoiding this situation. So, oh my goodness. Yeah, it does seem counterintuitive, but there's also a, 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 a logic to it as well. Oh my, that's exactly what I did. I just had a bit of an epiphany while you said that. That's exactly what I went through <laughs> with my daughter. Okay. Well, good to know. Well, I haven't, <laughs> what was I that? haven't asked, I haven't asked many women, but I would, Yes, that they're they're also encouraging their daughters to to consume true crime as well. Well, I feel better now. I feel like I'm not alone. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. You're very welcome. No, you're definitely not alone. <laughs> I do feel better about that. All right, that is Dr. Kathleen Rogers, professor at the University of the Fraser Valley School of Culture, Media, and Society.